Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I'm so glad you all braved the cold to come. Um, I'm excited to be here tonight with you all. We're actually going to focus on the wise men tonight and their presence at the manger. So if you'll turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 2, and if any children will come up on stage, I need some kids with imaginations to help me tell this story. Sometimes we adults have a hard time imagining how things were, and so children can be very helpful. So come on. Come come up here. Come here. Come here. You, this way. Go this way. You're going to go to Grandma. That's okay. <laughs> Do you have anybody else? Come on. You were a big help last time. All right. When I come right here, you're going to sit too? That's good. Can you see everybody? Oh, you good? All right. And um, adults, you're going to participate. So be ready for your part when it comes. Matthew chapter 2. It's a hint. All right. Hi. How are you? Thank you so much for coming up here. Um. So I'm going to read this, and you guys can help me, help us figure out what it might have been like. The verse says this, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem, in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi came from the east to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who was born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. So they saw a star, and it they knew it was like an invitation to see the birth of a really important person. Who's who's a really important person? Don't know any important people? I don't know. Do you guys know any important people? Who? God? Okay, let's let's think of somebody else besides. And family. You guys raised these people right. Okay, I need a per- important person. President. A president. Okay. Let's pretend that you got an invitation to a birthday party for the president's son. Would you be excited? Yes. Can you show me your excited face? <gasps> what kind of gifts would you give? What kind of gifts would you bring? <laughs> what kind of gifts would you give? What kind of I don't know what that is. <laughs> oh, okay. What do you guys think? What kind of gifts do you bring to birthday parties? Blankets. Blankets? That's a good thing, especially for a baby, isn't it? Okay. Well, let's pretend we're packing up our presents. Okay? You got like a box. You can put your presents in there. Can you? Oh, yes. Do, do you like having pretty wrapping paper on gifts? No? Oh, there you go. That looks very good. Okay, now we have to travel. And this is a long way. It's like from here to St. Louis, Missouri. St. Louis. That's a long way. So let's, we better get started. Come on. We're going to travel. Have any of you guys walked to a different state before? No? Have any of you walked to a different town before? No. 
Me either, actually. But it was a long way. Can you just imagine what it would be like? Yes. How would you feel when you got there? Excited? Do you think you might be tired? Yes. I'd be like, it took him like four months. Could you imagine walking for four months? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She's very excited. Okay. So here we are. There's no decorations for the party. There's no cake. Where is it? Like everybody, there's nothing. We have to find somebody who's in charge. I think the, the king might be in charge. Can you see a king? Oh, okay, well, let's go ask the king. Go ahead. Go ahead. <sighs> king, we, we've traveled for four months for this birthday party. Greetings. Like, where, where is he? Where's, where's the king of the well, Jews who was born? No, the one that was born. We saw his star. Where is he? It says, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. We need a disturbed face. And all Jerusalem with him was disturbed. Oh, that's good, good, good. Okay. And when he called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. All right, chief priests and teachers of the law, where is this Messiah to be born? That's why I'm asking it. (laughs) Do you know? Oh, in Bethlehem. How do you know this? Did somebody say this before? Lucky guess. Is there a a prophet or someone who foretold of this? Look in those books. You guys have books. What does it say in there? What did he say? Impressive. Most impressive. (laughs) So, Bethlehem. So, so we're to go to Bethlehem? So, the word on the streets from my peoples say you are to go to Bethlehem. But hey, when you find out where this king is to be born, make sure you come and tell me. Okay. Okay, Because I want to worship him too. Okay. Well, let's go to Bethlehem, guys. We're almost there. That's not too much farther. It's just the next town over. We've gone through like 40 by now, so what's one more, right? Okay, come on. And it says they saw the star, and they were overjoyed. Overjoyed! We're almost there! And they went to the baby who was with their mother, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Can we bow down? Bow down. And they presented their gifts before him. They put their gifts before him. And then they went to sleep. You got a good sleep face. But while they were sleeping, an angel of the Lord warned them not to go back to Herod. I think he wants to hurt the baby. I don't think he wants to worship the baby. So we're supposed to go home a different way. All right, why don't you go back home to your parents, okay? Thank you so much. Do you want to keep your list? Thank you. Thank you guys so much for helping tell the story.
the wise men brought their gifts to the Lord. And there are many gifts that we can bring to honor Jesus. At this time, we're going to have some other people come and honor Jesus with their gifts and the artistic abilities of music and dance and honor him with their bodies. So please just enjoy this and worship along with us as we worship Jesus, the light of the world. bow down before him and we will present our best gifts to you for you have given your best gift Jesus Christ to us and Lord I thank you for this chance to be together and I pray that we will all leave with hearts full of joy for you in Jesus' name we pray amen How appropriate that Jesus, the light of the world, was heralded by this great light. And who were these magi that knew to follow the star in the sky? And how did they know they would find him? Well, the word magi, it actually comes from an ancient Babylonian word. And it was a college of highly educated men who were advisors to kings. They advised Babylonian, Mede, and Persian kings. Some of you may remember that um, probably about 500 years before Jesus, there were Jews who were captive, and they were hauled off to Babylon. And among them was a teenager named Daniel. And Daniel actually rose through the ranks of the Magi. And he became the top advisor, not only to the king of Babylon, but once the Babylonian Empire fell, he became a top advisor to the kings of the Medes and the, the Persians as well. For 70 years, kings and empires came and went. But Daniel remained the most highly respected wise man in the East. So for the Magi, he was like one of the all-time greats. And for generations, Magi would study Daniel's writings and prophecies. And do you know who Daniel prophesied about? Jesus. He prophesied about an anointed one, which when translated into Greek, that's how we get the words Christ and Messiah. It means anointed one. And he wrote a lot about the anointed one that was to come. I'm only going to show you four verses in about four minutes, okay? Just to give you an idea of what these magi knew from the writings of Daniel that led them to follow the star and find Jesus, all right? So our first verse is from Daniel 17. This is verse 14. Verse 13, the verse that precedes this, says that the anointed one is going to come through the clouds and he'll come before the Ancient of Days, which is a name for God Eternal. And the Eternal God will give him authority, glory, and sovereign power. And all nations and people of every language will worship him. 
And his dominion is an everlasting dominion. It will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. So the wise men understood that this anointed one would be worshipped by all people as God. And he would have a kingdom that would never end. Our next verse is from is just a few verses later in 18. It says, But the holy people of the Most High will receive the kingdom and will possess it forever, forever and ever. And there are other verses that go on and describe this more. That this king was not coming to oppress people, but rather he would give his kingdom to them. And they would rule with him. This was a phenomenal promise. We're going to skip to Daniel chapter 9. This is when an angel appears to Daniel. And it's kind of a little tricky. So I'll decode it for you as we read it. Seventy sevens. The sevens refers to seven years. Okay, so 77 year periods equals... 490 years, yeah. 490 years are decreed for your people. Daniel's people were the Jews. And your holy city, which would have been Jerusalem, the holy city of the Jews, yeah. To finish transgression, to put an end to sin, to atone for wickedness, and to bring in everlasting righteousness. Atone for wickedness refers to paying the penalty for wrongdoing. Justice requires that when someone does harm, there's a price to be paid. And we know we have all done wrong. And this prophecy is telling Daniel, okay, 490 years are going to go by, and your people in Jerusalem, are going to do something that will atone for all wickedness, for all time. And it will usher in an everlasting righteousness. What could that be? Two verses later, it says this. He breaks down 49 years. He says um, that Jerusalem will be rebuilt. And then he says after 62 of the sevens, the anointed one will be put to death. So the Magi understood that after about 490 years, the Jews in Jerusalem were going to decide to put the anointed one to death. And his death would atone for all wickedness. Isn't that amazing that they understood that? And that's why they followed the star, which Daniel wrote about in chapter 12. But they followed the star. And they brought gold because gold is a gift of loyalty to a king. It's tribute. And they were bowing down and declaring their loyalty to this king above all kings that they knew everyone would eventually worship. And they brought frankincense. Frankincense was used as a thank offering to God. It's a way of saying thank you. They understood this king was for them. Not just to rule over them, but to set them free. 
to heal them. And then they brought myrrh, which is embalming oil. That must have really disturbed Mary. I mean, how many of you ladies have ever gone to a baby shower and brought embalming fluid? But the Magi understood Jesus was born to die. He was, he was born to give his life away for you and for me. He is God's gift of love to us. I want to close just by comparing the difference between the Magi and King Herod and their reactions. You know, the Magi had studied. They were wise men and they had studied about this anointed one. And because they knew who the Messiah was going to be, they welcomed him. But Herod, he was clueless. And so he felt threatened by Jesus. And I think the same is true of us. I think the less we know about Jesus, the more we tend to be threatened by him. To think he comes and was going to take away our freedom and take away our way of life, try to control everything. But the more we come to understand about Jesus, the more we understand that he came because he loves us. And he wants to help and heal us and set us free. Christmas is not just a reminder that Jesus came to die years and years ago. Paying the penalty for our wrongdoing so we can be free of shame. Christmas is also a reminder that he's coming back. To complete the rest of the prophecy. First he sets his people free by paying the debt for their sin. But then he comes back and he leads us into his kingdom. Where we can breathe the free air. Free from shame. Free from pain. Free from any worry, because there will be no sickness or death. Free from oppression. And set free to rule. That is where he's coming back to take us. If only we welcome him like he welcomes us. We're about to sing We Three Kings, one of my favorite old songs from when I was a little kid. Um, And as you sing, please consider what gift you'll bring to honor Jesus. He's God's gift of love to us. What gift of love will you bring to him? A gift of gold says... I'm all in. Jesus, you're my king, and I trust you, and I'll follow you. 
It's a gift of your life and to use your talents, just like we saw earlier today, to honor him. A gift of frankincense is a thank you. It's being intentional about thanking God for all the things he's given us. A gift of myrrh, that's probably the hardest gift for some of us. It's a gift of bringing our shame and our sin. All those things that we just want to bury and hide because it's too hard to even acknowledge. But instead of hiding it, to bring it and give it to Jesus. Because he loves us, he already knows about it anyways, and he has forgiven you. You just need to let him cleanse you. And be free of all of that stuff. Sometimes it helps not to just mentally think things about God and to God, but actually take physical action. Like the wise men who came and they physically presented their gifts to the Lord. And so, you'll find in the baskets at the end of the rows, there's pads of paper and pens. And I encourage you to write out your gift. Maybe a gift of gold that's a note of loyalty to the Lord. Maybe it's a gift of frankincense and you just write out a thank you note and you list some of the things you're thankful for. And maybe it's a gift of myrrh. That there's some things that have been weighing you down and you need to release to the Lord and ask Him to take them and cleanse you of them. You can write those things down. You don't have to sign your name. We normally put them in these prayer bowls, but tonight we're going to fold them up and you can put them in these ornaments, okay? No one's ever going to read them. Then we'll put the tops on and and we're going to hang them on our Christmas tree as an enduring offering to Jesus who died on a tree for us. All right? Why don't you pray with me? And then as we sing, you can bring your gifts forward. Heavenly Father, it strikes me that I don't probably know the half of all the things you've forgiven me of. And I probably don't know the half of all the things you've set me free from either. It's hard to imagine what my life would be like without you, Lord. We are so thankful that you came to bring us light and hope. Thank you, God, that we're not defined by all of our past mistakes and sins and the things we've done wrong. But you provide freedom from that. That you cleanse us and you make us new. 
And you give us hope of a new life. You give us hope in this life. And hope for the next. Well, there will be no more sorrow and shame and burdens. You are the beautiful promise we cling to, Lord. Thank you for who you are. For loving us even though we are sinners. We praise you. My heart's overflow with joy for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.